again. We're back. It's Emily. I'm Christine. Yeah. What are we here to do today? Talk about some movies. Talk about some movies. Uh, this is not a Lifetime ABC Family episode. Uh, I know. Although, <laughs> just imagine a world where you could somehow make a Silent Night, Deadly Night into a Lifetime movie. I do want to live there. I'm just saying. I think you could do it. Uh, you could totally do it. What are the movies we're covering today, Ms. Makepeace? Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Silent Night. Yep, so 1984's video nasty slasher extraordinaire opening to a five-film franchise, and it's 2013 remake, loose remake-ish. It's a remake. I mean, it has the same title. It's Remake-ish. It's, yeah, remake-ish. Remake-ish, if you will. Uh, now, before we get to that, uh, I'm sure it's been a while since we've done a standard good old-fashioned episode, so I imagine we both have quite a lot of what we've been watching. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to be swift with it, though. Okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm not rushing you. My, I, my slow cooker is on. I've got a lasagna ready in like two hours, so you just do what you got to do. It's fine on my end. I think that I could talk about these movies um, more longer than I could talk about the other two movies that we're going to talk about. Um, I'll, I'll zip through. Um, I watched Ant-Man. Ah, okay. What'd you think? Um, it was better than I expected. I didn't see it in the theater because I was kind of um, a little burnt out and a little... Fair enough. ...disillusioned. You know, this is supposed to be Edgar Wright's movie. Right. And it had, like, the worst trailer for a movie I can remember seeing. really did. There was one... Like, the first trailer that came out was a complete yawn fest, and then there was one that was pretty good. I don't know. It seemed like they could never decide in the trailer how to market a lighthearted, comedic superhero movie. So the first, like, big trailer they released was, like, selling it as a real superhero movie, but then they'd have jokes that just didn't land right in the trailer. So I thought it was going to be terrible, but from what I've... Most people have seemed to have liked it. It's really... It's okay. It's not... For me, it's not... um, hugely remarkable. I'm not a big Paul Rudd fan. Oh, I can anybody if, not be a Paul Rudd fan? Like, I'm okay with him, but I'm just not, like, he's not the thing that's going to get me in this in this seat, you Fair know? Enough. Um, it was, it was whatever. I mean, I didn't dislike it, so there's that. Um, I rewatched the Elvira movie. I don't know Mistress why. of the Dark? Why not? Yeah. Right, like, why the fuck not? Why not? I love that movie. That is the first movie we watched in this apartment together. Yeah. <gasps> That's beautiful. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Either Zach one. and I had never watched it together. It's one of those movies that I I credit <laughs> with making me how, how I am today. I see that. <laughs> like, um, it was a big one for me when I was younger. I really liked it. It's the spirit um, of it. Like, Elvira is such a touchstone, I think, of a certain type of horror fan and appreciation for the goofiness of it all. And, like, just thinking about Elvira makes me smile. She's so funny. That that movie's really, like, a showcase for her. She's hysterical and, like, sassy and shitty and sarcastic. Mm -hmm. And, like, I just watch it and go, like, I wish I was Elvira. I want to be Elvira, totally. Yeah, and it's cool to still have that reaction. Like, like, little me is is still in there. (laughs) Like, why didn't you be Elvira yet? Like, There's still time, baby. There's still time. Working on it. Um, I watched The Den on Netflix. Ooh, Netflix what'd you think? Instant. 
um, finally, because I had it coming from both ends, you and my mom. Just- that's right. I mean, if that's not a seal of endorsement, what is? I didn't dislike it. I okay. felt like it, it had a lot. It was doing a lot. It needed to not do so many different things. Hmm. Okay. It, it, it had a lot going on. Um, but I did enjoy it, and I did get creeped out a couple times. And- yeah. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it was effective, but the ending kind of fell flat for me. I don't know if you remember. Uh, it didn't bug me, but I I probably wanted something else out of the ending. Yeah, but I couldn't tell you what. Like I, Me neither, me neither. It was just like, oh, it's over yeah. now? All right. Um, so, but I'm glad I watched it, good, finally. Good. Um, I, my mom came and visited. Yay! Um, I actually watched this the night before she came, so I could stop listening to her talk about it like, <laughs> i was like i'm gonna watch this gear up for her no so the question can... is was it are you sure it was her that kept pushing it or was it me it was both of you ah um so she came and we went to the movies mm-hmm. um and we managed to find a theater that was still showing paranormal activity ghost dimension i saw it too recently <laughs> we had to like drive way too far it yeah was like- i saw it a couple of weeks ago with, with jason on a friday night oh i okay i saw his thoughts on it i didn't know you were with him i was with him yeah um, i did not like it at all okay what did you not like at all about it it was the, all the same reasons i didn't like the the first one like I love this franchise so much, but only because of 3, 4, and 5. Like, 1 and 2 are just flat for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't... It wasn't scary. Uh, they showed way too much. Yeah. There was I, I... way too many fake-outs. Um, so I stopped caring. Like, it wasn't... It was like they were they were trying to manipulate me into being tense and scared, but I ended up just not caring anymore. Yep. Um, and, like... There was there was nothing to care about. Like in the in the third one, um, you get you get all these new characters thrust at you. Like I get that they're little little Katie and little sister whose name I can never think of. Um, there you go. I can never remember her name. I get that like and you're in like the mom and the and the and the stepfish dad mm-hmm. and like his friend, like they're all new characters. I get it. With most of them they're all new characters. But they usually I I can care pretty quick. In some manner, I didn't care about any of these people. Like, see, that, house, and that was my problem nice. with five. I hated five uh, because see, I just thought these were these are boring, shitty teenagers, and I do not give a crap about them. I get that, and I, I and I would never argue somebody's distaste mm-hmm. of five because I think five is, is is super subjective. Like, I do like five, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna gonna go to bat for it. Okay. I just like it. Um, this one, I can't understand if someone is super into it. It just, it was like, it just happened and it was over and you were like, oh my gosh, I didn't care about anybody. And like, the one cool gimmick is that like, time is happening, like, strangely, like time is relative in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I thought was pretty neat. It was, but then they didn't. But they don't do they anything didn't with it. Do anything with yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I totally. As soon as I said it, I'm like, yeah, that scene where they realize that they're talking to to the TV, it's, and then there's nothing like, to it. That could be like goosebumps, like like the best scene in any of these movies. Like this is the build up to yeah. this fuck moment, and then it wasn't. Yeah, it and it definitely was a movie that got worse as it went on. Because yeah. I was into it in the beginning. I was pretty much I liked. Uh, I thought it was funny. I thought you know I'm like you know these 
you know, I don't necessarily care deeply about these characters, but I'm amused by them. I liked the kind of self-aware dialogue, which I think could some people might not have liked, but mm-hmm. I kind of dug it. I kind of felt like, okay, this is... It's clever. The character, the writing is clever. I'm I'm chuckling a little bit here and there. Uh, little girl's cute. Okay, I don't want something to happen to her. Yeah, she was cute. She was cute. I and, and I did get nervous for her. So yeah, was, and I felt I like they could have done more done. with her because she was she was really like she had my sympathies, and it almost felt. I think Shosho mentioned this, like that they they didn't really trust to give her that much because maybe they just didn't want to work that much with a child that young yeah so instead it's so much of a focus on the parents who aren't that interesting it's really frustrating because there's so many uh loose ends that don't quite fit of so are they watching the footage because they're yeah. recording it and all this shit's happening overnight exactly. that like if you showed that to somebody you'd be like whoa but it just seems like they never watch it there there's none of that like you're supposed like, there's no question at any point what's going yeah. on. So that there's way too much. Like, I can't suspend disbelief that much. And, like, right. the brother was a completely superfluous character. The super hot friend. Who is, I was, the whole time I was trying to figure her out, I'm like, is she the nanny? Is she an aunt? Who is she? Yeah, and they never explain it. But, like, and then, like, the, the big, when everything goes to hell, literally. Yeah. <laughs> at the end, you're like, oh, so the, this was just cannon fodder. That's all these characters were. Yep. And that bums me out. Like, I want more than that. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked it more than five. Uh, I liked it more than two. I would probably then put it, though, after that. My ranking for the series is probably one, three, four, six, two, five, I think. Oh, okay. I can, I can, oh, five's that far down. Wow. I, I, I um, hated five. I really, I really hated five. I love ranking things like that, but I didn't even do it for this, mo- for this series. I think I would probably have to go three, four, five. Hmm. Um, two, six, one. Okay. Wow. I, or maybe, maybe I could get in that argument about like, well, one was first, so right. I have to give it credit. But then that's a slippery slope. I don't know. One really did a number on yeah, me. Yeah, the I more was... I think about it, three might actually be my number one. Three is so good! I really like three. Because <laughs> it, it, one thing that these movies get, like, when you do it right, is you can make kids really creepy and yes! also really sympathetic. So as much as the kids are a little creepy in three, you're also, like, you care so much because it's about this little family. Ugh, and that's something great. that, for me, is what lacked in five and why I hated five so much. But. Yeah, I, I don't know. Something about five. Maybe maybe because we did watch it, we went, like, three, four, five, and I was like, we're on a roll, baby. This okay, one's going to be great, okay. too. Well, I hear you. <laughs> um, so my mom was still around, and we watched a movie at the house, and we rewatched The Gift. Yay! She hadn't seen it. She missed it in the theater. She really wanted to see mm-hmm. it. Um, unfortunately, she fell asleep during it a couple oh, times. So okay. I think she—it's th- kind of a movie that you have to pay attention. to. Yeah, yeah. So she, she she—it was late and she fell asleep, but she still said she liked it. Good. And how did you like it on second viewing? Oh, it's it, it like almost just like how I thought I would feel. Like mm-hmm. there's there's so much going on, and when you kind of know the beats of it. It's interesting to watch it with that knowledge. Right, right. As opposed to something like, I know it's super cliche, but like The Sixth Sense, once you know he he was dead, you rewatch it and you're like, well, now this movie's boring. <laughs> but like, when, when you know the the punchline to the gift, it's like, well, now these all these interesting little seeds were going to Yeah, you start to pay more time. attention to certain, you pick up on 
character stuff. Like, I would think. Well, oh, was he was he nervous or was he this? You know, yeah. it's, it's cool. Um, so yeah, I liked it. Oh, I like that movie a yeah, lot. Yeah, and for folks at home who don't know, we reviewed it way back. Well, yeah. when it came out, so it was like January, February. If you go back a couple of episodes, you can find it. Yeah, it was great. Um, so it was fun to rewatch. Um, I, for some reason, watched The Devil's Advocate. Again. <laughs> God Devil- is an absentee landlord. Devil's Advocate is is like is the car crash that you can't look away from. Like I would not I, disagree. I can't stop watching it when I start. I don't know. We kind of put it on as like a joke, um, something to have on in the background, and we just it took two nights, but finished it. It's a long movie. It's a very long it's movie. It's really long, yeah. but um, I don't know. I don't. I can't say that I. I can't genuinely say that I like it, but man, oh man, I've seen it a bunch of times. It's so. It's entertaining. I will. I so will I, not so I guess that. I like it. Um, it was streaming. I don't know if it's still on Netflix streaming, okay. but everybody rewatch it. Um, so my mom is still around, and she wants to go to the movies again. And this time, she wants to go see Goosebumps. Ooh, I've heard <laughs> like good things. I haven't. I haven't seen it. I did not like. Oh this no! Movie. Did your mom uh, like it? No. Okay, then I won't. She she thought it was really really boring. Huh. And that's the problem. It is, for me, in my opinion, I know people really liked it. I don't have much nostalgia for Goosebumps because I didn't read those. Right. They were a little bit, we were were a little too old for them, right? So I was, yeah, I was reading Christopher Pike and I was reading R.L. Stein's. Christopher Pike is greater than R.L. Stein. For sure. Yeah. I I wasn't the right demographic for when the books came out and I never was backward looking on them like I never that's the real difference like maybe that's where the millennial line is drawn is is goosebumps I always my definition of a millennial is somebody who grew up without uh, always with the internet where they don't know a world without the internet uh and not that they were born into that, but that, like, by the time they were of the age when you can use the internet, it was there for them. Yeah. Whereas we weren't. That was, like, we, we were, like, yeah. 15 when we really started using it. But maybe it's really goosebumps. It could be. Um, I I will never think about this movie ever again. Hmm. Um, so, I, but I get, I get why people would like it. I don't, I, I think that the majority of the reason would be um, nostalgia. But, yeah. um you know, whatever. If people are into it. Yeah, it, it, it was a big that. hit. Yeah, um, but it was not worth not for you. paying for. To gotcha. see um, so, last movie of the mom visit was uh, we rented Gallows. Oh, okay. I remember <laughs> when it came out. I remember thinking, that's some good cover art. <laughs> These are some misses. Oh, this, no. This trip. Um, it was that one I couldn't pay attention to. I had two two peanut gallery members sitting behind me commenting on how stupid it was and how <laughs> it was scary. So it, the story, it could have been scary. The story was stretched really thin. Um, there were a few jump scares in it. Um, and it also did that thing that, you know, like the first person horror movies kind of um, rely a lot on is just the way you move the camera is is the only thing building tension. Yeah, which, yeah. That, like, after a while, that really, like, oh, come on, you're not doing anything. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but, I mean, if, if it pops up somewhere, eh, yeah, look at it, I guess. All right, and then that is my instant watch, so we'll skip that one. Um, we watched the new Vacation movie. What did you think? 
Um, I laughed at it more than I thought I would. Interesting. But it's it's got some clunkers. It's not really for me. Is it really gross? Because all the previews just look like it was really gross out humor, which I'm, no, it's, it's not I'm classy. Which, I'm not into that. No, I don't like gross out humor either. Um, for whatever reason, it's not really. It doesn't rely heavily on that. Okay. I'd say it's a mixed bag of like over the top gross out stuff, sex stuff, and like actually funny stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a. There's some jokes that worked. I mean, we managed to make it through the whole thing. Okay. Um, well, I watched Home Alone, but we already talked about that. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, I saw Mo- the Mockingjay Part 2. As did I. Um, questions, comments, concerns? I enjoyed it. Uh, to me, it... And, you know, reading the books, Mockingjay, I think, is the weakest of the books. Yeah, for sure. So, to make, you know, the films of it, I like what they did. I feel like they did, um, they did a good job of giving you the weight of what this actually means and kind of essentially making it a war movie for a younger audience in a way. Like, it's, you know, she's suffering PTSD and it's not a glorious, uh, battle movie, which I feel like a lot of people probably expected. Expected But if you read the book, you know that's, that's not the case at all. Uh, and it, I cried, and I mean, I know, yep. I'm sure you cried the same point I did with a character that both of us really like. And yep. Yep. It got me. It totally got me. And I knew oh, it was coming, course. but I was still, I'm like, no, yep. don't. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, it, it worked for me. It did what it was supposed to do. I thought a uh, good cast. I, I thought everybody did bring their A game. Uh, yeah. And that, you know... And an interesting cast, too. Like, some of the supporting players, like the woman who plays the head of District 8, I think. Um, like, that's Bettina Miller, who I saw on Broadway. And, like, oh, she's... Oh, yeah, yeah, And she has, like, really a really good. good weight about her that yeah. I think is really effective. So I, I felt like it was a really strong finish to the series. And I know not many... I feel like a lot of people don't, but it it worked for me. Yeah, I don't have any of the, the negative comments that I've heard. Good. It didn't... I mean, maybe it's an expectation thing. Like, I kind of knew yeah. what it was going to be. I didn't have any false... I, I mean, two characters were going to die. If they died and they did it well, I was going to cry. And yep. that happened. Yep. So, so I got yep. what I wanted out of it. I hate the way that book ends anyways. Oh, um, I actually like... I, I, I don't mind it. I am staunchly anti-PETA. Really? <laughs> I- but she needs Peter to balance herself I, because Gail is that rough side of we're totally we're kind of spoiled something. Sorry. <laughs> if we we just gave away which team wins. Well, I mean, I just am not very pro. I never I don't know why. It's my own thing and I recognize that it's a personal okay. bias. So I well, try I like, not to I like the also the idea that Peter is sort of this is going into like gender things, but yeah. essentially um if you took this same setup in 90% of the movies, just the genders would be swapped. Oh, yeah. And I really like that PETA is the sensitive, um, you know, he is the female character that most movies would have. For uh, sure. And I think it works, and I think it works for her, because it is that uh, balance of um, being in touch with sort of humanity that he has that Gail doesn't have. No, and it's... I'm 13 it's, when I'm saying this. But. No, no, but no, it's completely true, because if, if I mean, you have the Katniss character... And she is who she is, but depending on which way she slides, she becomes, she has the potential to become a different person. Right. And the person that we as readers and viewers want her to become, she can only achieve when she goes the PETA direction. Yeah. 
but I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to like fair. his face. <laughs> um, so I watched a movie that I want to know if you have seen. Ooh. Um, have you seen The Final Girls? No, no, I haven't. <gasps> my God, it's my new favorite movie. I've heard great things about it. I spent 70% of this movie in tears. <laughs> Also, it is so badass and so awesome and so, like, fist-pumpy and such a fucking awesome movie. It's the best movie I've ever seen. Who made Made. it again? What did the guy make? I can't remember. It's a great question. Um, So, I'm going to try to bring it up now. So, um, Silk Spectre, whose name I can't think of right now. Mate. No, I always... Okay, I get Blossom and Silk Spectre. Malin Ackerman, there we go. Malin Ackerman and Mayim Bialik. To me, they're the same person. She is so amazing in this movie. Huh. Um, I've never seen her be so good. I tweeted how good she was, and she liked it. And I said, my work here is fucking dope. (laughs) Then did you say, but you were miscast in Watchmen? Um, yeah, I'm... I will. F- she did okay in it, but I will forever say that she's she's not my Silk Spectre. Mm-hmm, yeah. But um, and then the Farmiga that's from American Horror Story is Aisa. just transcendently good. Huh, interesting. Uh, I've never. Re- I love Vera Farmiga. Like I, I have an unhealthy love of her, but I have yeah. never been wowed by Taisa. But good to know. She's so everybody. Everybody across the board. The the woman that plays the main female character in Vampire Diaries is in this. Amazing. Hmm. Maybe from Arrest Development. Amazing. Oh, yay. Every fucking person in this movie is amazing. And that's a really good sign for the director, whoever he may be. Uh, when you can take actors who otherwise may have not impressed you and you are managed to get uniformly great performances that's uh-uh. to me that's where you have to look at the director and say good job dude it's it's i i thought i would like it it is shocking how much i enjoyed this movie nice um i want you to watch it i will i will i've just been waiting for it to become uh, more available without yeah, money. i i think i'm gonna have to just buy the blu-ray yeah. it's it's that good well that's that's a that's when you buy the blu-ray huh. Ugh. I could just talk about that for hours. Um, <laughs> so I watched The Legend of Hell House. What is this? This I don't know. You don't know? No, well, I mean, I is it like a... Uh, it's an old movie. It's a I what, feel movie? like an old movie. I feel like such a child. I. <laughs> it's from it's like a, the 90s. It's no, old. No, no, no. What's his face is in it? Um, it's a price. The Legend of You're no. Cushing? No, Jonathan not that. Taylor Thomas? in the 70s. It's a 70s movie. Okay. Um, I can't think of his name. Okay, so it was 73. Um, Roddy McDowell is his name. Oh, I, I love Roddy McDowell. Um, but it's a Richard Matheson story. Ooh. Um, and you'll see a theme here in a second. Uh, it's streaming, or else it was streaming. And it's a Haunted House movie. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the people who liked this, also liked, it's got um, The Sentinel, The Changeling, Burnt Offerings, Let's okay. Scare Jessica to Death. So it's like, hello, Christine, watch this movie. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> um, I wasn't wowed by it. Oh, really? But it's it's if it's still streaming on Netflix and you want like a seventies haunted house movie to watch, I say go for it. Good to know. I watched Holidays, but you knew that. Because yes, I did. Um, I watched Black Christmas, but you knew that. Yes, because indeed. Because I talked about it. Um, and then I watched the remake of Black Christmas. <laughs> because why um, not? Why not? Um, and then. To, you know, round out the Richard Matheson watching, I rewatched Stir of Echoes. Huh. 
Huh. How does wow. that, that hold up? I have not seen it since like 1999. Yeah, I don't know. I really liked it. It's. I remember it being good. It was one of those movies that came out right around the same time as The Sixth Sense. Yeah. So it kind of got buried and just forgotten very quickly. But I always, see, for me, that's a movie that I think it's pretty well made. It's pretty well done. But it has that problem for me that a lot of ghost stories do where it's like, oh, the ghost isn't evil. Other stuff is evil and you have to help. And that always loses me. I I like myself a good, helpful ghost. And I don't. I want my ghosts to be mean and vengeful. See, and I'm surprised you like the pact. Spoiler alert, Ben. True. <laughs> no, that's that's very true. Because that was like that movie scared the shit out of me. But then when we get into helpful ghost territory, I was like, this is the best movie I've ever mm. seen. Yeah, I think because the menace was still interesting enough. Yeah, a lot I of times the menace, saying. like I can see from so far away, it's like, oh, of course, it's that the mayor of town who happened to have been involved 70 years ago. And it, yeah. it, to me, it's just so much less in- interesting for the ultimate villain to be somebody that you could shoot. No, I, I get what you're saying. Um, this Sir of Echoes is definitely that then. Right. Um, but I thought I liked it with like, like, you know, oh, young Christine liked this movie. <laughs> so like, I wouldn't really actually like it if I rewatched it. But I mean, I did. That's good. Um, and then I watched the sequel. How was that? That was a recent it was, movie. It was so bad. Ooh. It was really, like, I couldn't, I, I feel guilty even logging it on my list because I was checked out from the beginning. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, Story of Echoes was streaming. They're both streaming, but the original is streaming, so, I mean, if you have any desire to look at it again, I I'd be might, curious to see if it holds up for you. Neat. So that's it. That's that was everything? a lot. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, take a deep breath and go through mine. Uh, okay. So I was on a episode of the projection booth. I don't think, I think it's releasing. This I didn't week. know that. Yes. We covered the movie Contact. <gasps> I just Starring screamed. Starring Jodie Foster and Matthew I McConaughey. I can't believe it. That's fantastic. Yes. Uh, so it's a very, very interesting episode because there were very strong opinions all around about Contact. That's a bizarre movie. It is. Yeah. I had never seen it before. Mm. Mostly because there's that South Park episode that I thought gave away the ending. So I'm like, why am I going to watch a three-hour movie if I know how it ends? Yeah. Uh, but A, it's not three hours. It's like two and a half. And B, it's not real. Like, that's just one part of the ending. Um, I, I liked the movie. I had problems with it. It, it has flaws that are worth discussing and we do on a very long episode of, of the projection booth um, but overall I was glad I, I was very glad I watched it uh, and to prepare for that I had to also watch Interstellar oh that's, that's a long movie did you like it not particularly I didn't hate it uh, it was sorry it's my cats attacking me stop that Mookie apparently liked Interstellar and wanted to tell everyone about that. Oh, well, good. I'm glad somebody did. Yeah, it just kept going. It it was cool <laughs> looking at times. It had some some ideas were interesting, but... It that's didn't. a ringing endorsement. That's the thing. It just, it really didn't need to... It was a slog. It really was. Yeah. It was so long. It was so repetitive. It had Christopher Nolan female problems. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I'm Again, I'm glad I watched it just because it... It was interesting in certain ways, but I wouldn't tell anybody to rush out and watch it because mm-hmm. it was also not interesting in a lot of ways. Uh, a couple of other things. I can't remember. Did I talk about Cruel and Unusual last time? 
It's a Netflix <laughs> so. movie about purgatory. No, I don't believe so. All right, this is a, on Netflix. Really interesting, odd little duck of a film. I'm pretty sure it's Canadian. Uh, independent. Uh, it's probably like listed as a horror movie. It's not. It's sort of a... Uh, I, I, it has no real categorization. That's what's kind of cool about it. But it's essentially about this kind of schlubby dude who ends up in a in purgatory, uh, and it's sort of done as this like big industrial building, and he has to go to therapy. And the whole idea is that he ha- or is a purgatory or hell really because he he kills his wife, and he goes there, and he has to kind of re- keep reliving it. Uh, and in his mind, he didn't kill her, or he doesn't think he's responsible for it. So it's it's this interesting little um, uh, philosophical-ish morality tale, and it's just different. And I liked the performances. I liked what it went for with clearly a pretty low budget. So it's worth checking out just because it's it's unusual and it's not really like anything. And I, it was fresh, and I I, I appreciate that in my uh, instant watch movies. I was gonna say, and this is your this is on instant watch, yet it's not your pick. It's not because I'm, you know, I'm so going curious to see what your pick is going to be. Well, you'll find out something a little more uh, different, different tone, if you will. I can't wait. I know. So a few <laughs> things I watched on Amazon Prime um, because you know why would I not watch a '90s uh, thriller called Hush, Little Baby? Why? Starring wouldn't oh crap, I forget who the actress is, but it's an um, older. It wasn't Diana Scarwood. It was somebody who uh, plays a woman who years who gave up her daughter for adoption like 30 years ago and now finds her and basically is crazy and it becomes a sort of hand that rocks the cradle tale. Oh, fun. Oh, it's fun. It's really fun. It goes really far. It's a TV movie, but it's, um, it's really great how crazy the mother is and how quickly she reveals her craziness. So <laughs> I'm telling you, Amazon Prime is rife with these great with, 90s, with stuff like that. Yeah. So much stuff. And it's all made for me, essentially. That's the target audience. Uh, and this, <laughs> this is a fun one. I highly recommend it. Uh, also on Amazon Prime was not Hannibal, Hannibal Rising. Ah, uh, yeah. Which I had never seen, had always been curious about, and now I can say I think I've seen Hannibal Rising. This was, <laughs> I don't know what about this movie was so boring, because it, it was cool to look at, and you had a really interesting cast of people that showed up. Dominic West shows up, Kevin McKidd shows up. But I, and it, it goes, it's pretty like, uh, visceral and tries to throw a lot of cannibalism and all this other stuff at you but i just found it really boring a hard time like not stopping it a lot uh also this was on amazon prime spring movie that many have been talking about Mm-hmm. i have not watched it yet i think you would enjoy it oh okay. um it's it's an interesting little premise. I I had really liked these guys whose names I can't remember. Uh, they had made another movie that was on Netflix Instant. might still be called Resolution. Okay. Which I thought was just a really... Uh, took a very old premise and did something new with it. And had really good performances that were very low-key. And I'd say the same thing for Spring. It's the It's really, you know, two actors primarily. And they're both very good and very believable and real um and i i think that's something that these directors are really good at doing is getting very human performances from their actors which i like mm-hmm. uh this it's it's an odd tone of a film because it's it's not really 
a straight out horror film. It's really more a love story with kind of these elements that get kind of wacky. It's, it's worth watching. Again, it's pretty fresh. It feels new. Uh, The opening is very, I thought I was not going to be into it because like the first 10 minutes are very hipstery and very just like, ugh, I don't think I want this, but it changes gears very quickly. And then it's something very different. So Mm. it's worth, it's worth a shot and it's on Amazon prime. Uh, I don't think it's the best thing coming out, but I, again, really like feeling that this young filmmaking team is doing something interesting and new, and they're two for two for me. So yeah. I like that. Uh, this, I think this was a, a rewatch of a film I had not watched in probably 10 years. Session 9. Oh, I love Session 9. I, you know, when it, I remember renting it years ago from Blockbuster Video, and watching it and liking it, but then he, the way some people talk about it, feeling as though maybe I missed something. Like, maybe I had a tiny TV at the time. Maybe I just, like, wasn't <laughs> seeing enough. You didn't see the whole movie. I really felt like there was something I missed. And so I watched it again. Because since then, I've been very up and down on Brad Anderson. Yes. Uh, he made a great Masters of Horror episode. And then he made Vanishing on 7th Street, which made me want to hurt children. I hate that movie. Oh my god, it is awful, right? It's laughably bad. It has this great premise, it has this yep. great cast, yep. and it just constantly cheats on its premise and yep. twists it around and then gives you a shitty ending, and it is... Uh-huh. I, w- I remember, I, it's one of those movies that I, I remember so well, because I remember how angry I was when it was over. I almost shut it off. Yeah. And, and, like, I wish I had because it didn't get any better. It just kept getting worse. And it just – and the worst thing was it breaks its rules. It gives you this very simple rule of when lights go out and you're there, shit happens. Yep. And then it just stops happening when it's going to happen to our, like, main characters. And ugh. So the, after that movie, I was just mad at Brad Anderson. Uh, and, but I went back to session nine because I was really curious and kind of felt like watching something creepy and Brandon had never seen it. And I wanted him to see it because I kind of also wanted to see what I'm like, maybe he'll see what I missed the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of was the same way as me. He was like, it's, it was, you know, it had some, some really good things, but some other things that kind of held its back. Uh, and yeah, and this time around, I kind of felt the same way. Like it, it, it does some really cool things. There's some creepiness, uh, the acting is pretty good. The the kind of working guys, camaraderie, all that stuff it works. I like that I'm constantly... And the second time watch where you know a couple of things, you're constantly suspicious of different people. Mm-hmm. But still, there's just a, a lot of things that just overall don't work. And to me, I'm like, you guys have a week. Why do you keep taking lunch breaks? Uh, and that bothers me. Just the timing and... <laughs> certain things about it that logistically don't work where like the one character who just becomes like obsessed with the tapes but nothing happens from that oh yeah i know i mean i get what you're saying but the first time i saw it it scared the shit out of me yeah i think i've always wanted it to and i feel like because it has so many elements that that should like the fact that they filmed at that mental asylum Mm -hmm. like all right but and i still like i like it i just it doesn't get me the way i want it to get me uh, okay, then a couple of things on Instant Watch. One being Compliance, which came out two years ago. Uh, did you see this? Is that the one I've seen? I don't know. This is the movie about uh, the fast food restaurant where yes, I have seen you it. have seen it. What do you yeah. think of it? I liked it. Yeah, it's this is a movie that I held off on watching for so long 
because I remember when it came out, I'm like, oh, it sounds, that sounds good, and got good reviews, and and I just, I'm like, I feel like, I have a feeling it's going to be really uncomfortable to watch, and oh my god, was this uncomfortable to watch. It really is. Though. It is a movie that you just, re- like, as much as people always, the cliche of like, oh, I, I, I wanted to look away, but this movie really does that, and, but it does it so well, because it, you can see why it happens, and they the lead actress um, and and Dowd, I think she's so good, and you you get why she's listening to this guy on the phone, even though mm-hmm. you are, are. It's like no, you know, like I'm suspecting something, but that's because I know what this movie is about. If I was working at a restaurant and I got this phone call, you know, I don't think I do what he says, but you can understand. Yeah. You know, it does a really good job of just giving you like this exact case and it's exactly what went down in real life and presenting it in a way where you could see why it did. Um, so it's like, it's a recommendation, but it's one that like, I'm like, I don't know when you want to watch it. I don't know who you want to watch it with, but it's good. Yeah. My mom, my mom liked it too. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of pushed it on her too. Good, good for you. Yeah. Uh, another instant watch. This one was fun. The movie called Stung. Oh, I watched... Th- oh, I didn't put that on my list because I stopped paying attention to it. Oh, did I watched, you? I watched most of it. Did it was what? It was when my mom was here. It was okay. a mom pick. Um, I don't know. It had all the trappings of something that I would like. Um, it looked way better than I thought it was going to look. It did look pretty good, yeah. The performances were way better than I thought they were going to be. Yep. I guess I just... It, it had a lot of fits and starts like it would it did yeah it was paced strangely like you get a lot of action up front and i was in and then it really slows down and it becomes about you know two characters relationship and i kept looking at my phone and- no i i get that i do because i was because i liked it like it's fun i liked i yeah. liked the characters I, I liked you know i thought they were they were cute together and everything but I thought the same thing. I'm like, you know what? It's odd to say there are not enough characters in this movie. Like, there's not enough fodder. Because clearly you get to a certain point where you're like, well, I know who's going to make it, but there's only four people now. So, oh, and now she, that guy's dead. So, like, it doesn't, it paces itself very oddly. Because yeah. it doesn't give you, it kind of sets itself up as a siege and everything, but it doesn't have, like, enough players to really divvy that up well yeah so it's it was an odd choice there were odd choices throughout but i like the spirit of it it had a good tone i thought it, it really did and it and like i said it looked it looked really good and it did yeah it's a good I mean, like light light-hearted summer watch in a way it it is and and, and i think and that just makes me even more like grumpy like it should have been <laughs> like faster and yeah like, and like yeah i don't know but yeah i i didn't i didn't log it because i really checked out that's fair that, yeah. that is responsible <laughs> of you i think to the film oh thanks uh, <laughs> another instant watch horror movie christy i've seen this one pop up I yeah it's directed there. by the guy who did donkey punch which i was not a fan of i didn't like that i, I did neither yeah but christy's really good uh it is also a very few character piece but it works just about a girl who's like home, like basically alone on campus during Thanksgiving weekend, and there's this group of people going around uh, picking like a girl to kill, and they 
pick her and so they're just hunting her and it's it it's very well paced it's just her running from them with a couple of other characters thrown in Mm -hmm. she's really likable and resourceful so like you're rooting for her because she makes you root for her and it's it's like an hour 20 minutes and it's just a good uh it's it's a good fast uh stalker chase movie Mm -hmm. so i was pleasantly surprised by that one Another one on instant, but I watched it because it was going off instant, so it's probably not there anymore. This is a Japanese um, splatter porn movie called Dead Ball. Oh, no, I haven't heard of forever this. because it was a Japanese splatter porn movie about baseball. Yep. So naturally, now, and I'm not the biggest fan of the Japanese, like, uh, like the Tokyo Gore Police and Machine Girl, like all of those. Yeah. I just get bored. Like, it's cool for a while, and then it's like, ah, how many penises can you chop off and then spurt blood that turns into acid that turns people into frogs? You know, after a while, it gets boring. Um, I enjoyed this one a lot, though. I think I was just in the right mood. Uh, it was yeah, the morning, I turned it on. Be, that could be a big part of it. Yeah, like, there's sometimes when I watch these movies, and I'm just like, meh. And it, this particular one, I was watching it, and I was giggling like mad. Uh, yeah. it, and it gets crazy. There's a whole uh, Nazi angle thrown in. Uh, there's robots. There's ridiculous gore. Um, but I, I don't know. I found it really funny. And maybe part of that was because it was baseball-centered. Yeah. Um, but like, the very opening is a kid having a catch with his dad. And his dad's like, come on, show me what you can really do. And the kid goes into a wind-up and blasts into space and comes down and throws a fireball and it chops his dad's head off. I laughed at that, and as soon as that happened, I'm like, you know, this movie's made for me. Uh, so, I mean, it, it depends on your taste, but I found it charming in my own way. Okay, and then just a few more. This was oh, this was on television. The uh, NBC went for its third round of live action musicals with The Wiz. <gasps> I watched parts of it. Wasn't it amazing? Um, I've never seen the film version. It's very different. The film was very different from the stage musical. The film is a very odd duck of a Yeah. But, I mean, this was closer to the actual musical. What did you think? Um, The parts that I saw, I didn't dislike, but then we went and watched the the clips of the movie on YouTube, and I thought to myself, how have you not seen this movie? The movie's fucking bizarre. It looks so good. See, I see. I don't know. I'm in a weird place on the film of the Wiz. I have never sat down and watched beginning to end. Uh, and there's a lot because there's a lot of like weird politics of the movie. Yeah, where like Diana Ross, like is Dorothy, but like the the role's originally supposed to be like a teenager, but Diana yeah. Ross wanted to do the movie, and nobody's telling Diana Ross no. No, of course. and it, it's the whole, the way the movie is basically Oz as a ghetto. Mm-hmm. Like that's very that's just the movie that's not the stage play at all. That's kind of what I what I gathered because that's not the way the, the oh TV yeah the stage, event was. yeah the the live yeah. version was not yeah and so there's I don't know I might I might go back to the movie eventually because I'm I should I should watch it beginning to end uh, and the movie's fr- like it has a lot of things in it that can be really freaky if you look at like I don't know it's dark it's weird um but I. Like, because I thought NBC, when they did uh, Sound of Music, I thought was just flat and a poor choice. Peter Pan was just awful and terrible, and there was nothing good about it. Mm-hmm. With The Wiz, because I'm like, you know, that's the right kind of show to do for this. It's newer, it's fresher. Like, I, and then I looked at the cast, I'm like, and it's a cast that's 
not like it's people that can actually perform but it's still like popular people where they're not just going with Broadway actors where they're not going to get that audience yeah and then I watched the making of and I'm like this is going to be good and then I watched it and I loved it I thought they nailed it I thought because uh, part of my problem with the other two shows was that they filmed them in this like giant theater, but there's no audience. Mm-hmm. And then with this one, they didn't. They filmed it like on a soundstage, so the lack of an audience isn't quite as much of a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just thought everybody was great. Um, like all of the sort of one shots were having a Mary, Mary J. Blige is amazing, and she's having a blast. She really was. I th- we watched. Um her her singing something and it was it was really she was on it was awesome yeah um like queen latif is great in it uh uh amber riley from glee who i was always kind of like i wanted her to be better than she was is she dorothy no she was uh the uh, not glinda the other good witch oh i didn't see any of her i thought whoever was playing on dorothy was awesome Oh, she was amazing. And that's on the making of, they show her getting cast. Because what they did was they had just an open casting call because they wanted an unknown for that part. Mm -hmm. And she's like this 19-year-old girl from Jersey who came out to the open call. And they show her audition and they show her getting the the news that she got the part. And I cried like a baby. Oh, And she was fantastic in it, I thought. Um, so I loved it. I'm sure it's re-airing in places. So if anybody was like curious about checking it out, it's it. They did it right. I really think that was the gold standard for how you do a live action uh, yeah. musical for TV. Um, like people were disappointed because they couldn't because the other ones have been so much fun to tweet about because they were so mm-hmm. bad. But don't worry because Fox is doing Grease next month and that's going to be terrible. Oh, I can't wait. that sounds great. Yeah, but The Wiz was wonderful. Uh, okay, other things I watched, uh, Matilda, the movie, uh, which Brandon had never seen, and I was recommending it, because I'm like, no, it's, it, I think it's really good. Uh, and I like it. It's it's charming. It has problems. It definitely yeah. does. But I still think it's really um, a special kind of kid black humor that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just a few documentaries, and then I'm done. Uh, and these were all on Netflix. Uh, one was, Do I Sound Gay?, I've seen that pop up, yeah. It was it was an interesting watch. Uh, this is all about a uh, gay man who, after going through a breakup, he is sort of like trying to figure out himself and stuff. And he just kind of stumbles upon a question he's had about himself for a while, which is, do I sound like, do I have a gay voice? Is there such a thing as a gay voice? Why do certain gay men have a very similar way of speaking? And it, I found it interesting, because they get a lot of um, uh, cool talking heads, Tim Gunn, Dan Savage, Dave Sedaris, all, you know, all have different things to say about it, uh, and it's enjoy. I mean, I, I found it, it would be good, like, background watching, because, again, since it's mostly, like, audio, you don't necessarily have to sit down and watch it. Yeah. Um, but I think anybody who is interested in both language and culture and gay culture, I think it's worth a watch. Uh, another documentary that you had talked about that I saw was going off instant, and I think I put it on when you told me about it, was The Source Family, which was yep. about that cult. What uh, a bizarre movie. Huh? It was bizarre. What I liked about it was I'm, I find cults fascinating. Me too. And usually cults all kind of end in that same kind of crazy way. And what I really liked about this one was you had a lot of 
the former cult members doing all the talking head interviews. And that was really interesting because they were so different. And some of them kind of stayed with that ment- uh, mentology, mentali- mentality, uh, where they were still kind of, you know, he's yeah. that. Kind Isn't of, that interesting? Yeah. And then you had others who were kind of like laughing, like, yeah, my name was like Flower Pot. How stupid. Yeah. And you had the other, like the one guy who's a preeminent stem cell research uh, doctor, and he's kind of saying like, well, you know, without that, like that brought me to where I am one way or another. So that was interesting, was kind of a different look at where being a part of that might take you. Um, and then the last thing I watched uh, was was chuckle some, especially if you've lived in Russia, uh, Exporting Raymond. This is a documentary about the guy who created Everybody Loves Raymond, not Ray Romano, mm-hmm. but the other guy, uh, gets the call that, they're you know, they're going to... Um, uh, oh, I have heard about. I've heard about. Yeah. This. So you know, like like any TV show, you're going to have you know the Chinese version of Friends and the and everything else. So Russia wants to do. Um, everybody loves Ray. Everybody loves Ray. Everybody loves Raymond. Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. Um, so he goes. So he goes to Russia to kind of oversee the production and the writing and the casting. And it it is funny. Uh, even if you're not like I'm not an Everybody Loves Raymond fan, like it's just it's not my <laughs> kind of show. But I can appreciate like what you know. It's that kind of traditional sitcominess, and the guy, the guy's funny at times, but kind of annoying. Like he's he's kind of your he's right he's essentially Ray, Ray Romano who's the other mm-hmm. side. But so he goes to Russia, and I mean I I lived in Russia for about nine months, and there there are cultural differences between Russians and Americans. And he's has to kind of bring this very American family sitcom to a Russian audience, and the difficulty he has in doing that, uh, it's it's actually that aspect of it is very funny because he's you know he's trying to um, he's talking to the costume designer who like will refuses to dress them in like sweatpants and like house clothes because she's like no they should look beautiful they're on television he's like no but that's not the point of it (laughs) and i mean one of my favorite like russian stories when i lived there was my mom came to visit and uh my mom really felt she's like i feel like everybody is staring at me and even when my mom's like when i'm not talking like i'm just sitting on the subway and you know I, i don't know what i'm doing but like it's like they know that i'm american and I, and I had brought her to one of the classes I was teaching. It was uh, adults. And we were talking about that. And my, one of my students says, you know, well, you know, wh- what are you doing on the train? And my mom's like, I don't know. I'm just sitting there. I'm looking around. I'm smiling. Cause I, you know. And they're like, oh, th- that is why. We, we do not smile. <laughs> and that's kind of true. And there is. And that's funny. And that's the thing. It's not like, because Russians have a great sense of humor. and But it, there is a, a very different, um, you know, there's different surface things in terms of culture that don't come across and so it's it's an entertaining little watch to see uh this you know very american like jewish new york guy trying to translate this humor uh so it's it's chucklesome it's, it's worth a watch and then the only other things are all of our lifetime movies which don't worry folks we've got a few more for you we promise yeah, you'll hear all about that. Indeed. Uh, so I guess on that note, we should take a little break and uh, come back and, yes, and uh, you know, get, get, get our Catholic education on and do some Silent Night, Deadly Night. Come on, he's on down, he's on down, oh. Come on, he's 
now going to travel back in time to uh, 1984, uh, a wonderful time in, in cinema when every holiday had its own slasher. Yep. And Christmas was about to get another one with 1984's Silent Night, Deadly Night. Now, I have seen this movie a lot, to put it uh-huh. mildly. This was when we were kids. Uh, my brothers and I would always go to the video store on like Christmas Eve or the day before, and we'd rent a Christmas horror movie. Uh, once there were five Silent Night, Deadly Nights, it was great because we'd just rent one, and then the next year we'd rent the next one. So we'd cycle through them. And... I saw this movie way too young, though nothing about it scared me, in in all honesty. This is not one that in any way gave me nightmares, Uh, but it did give me, I don't know, a lot of other things, I suppose. Now, you had never seen this movie. I've never, I'd never seen this movie. Which is just fascinating to me, because I feel like it is such a uh, hallmark of... Horror cinema, genre cinema, it is so often discussed. Was it just that you felt like you'd seen it, like you you had seen it, or just that you never cared to check it out? I don't know. I guess I never cared to check it out. Um, same reason why I had never seen Black Christmas. I don't know. Yeah. But I have seen, you know, Sleepaway Camp and April Fool's Day, and like, I don't know. I don't know. It just never happened. For me, okay. it was never like no one ever had it, or it was never on TV. It was yeah, never streaming. That's, a, that's fair. It was out of print for a while. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of weird release stuff with it. Um, my copy is I should take a picture of the cover because it was sent to me via um, dear listener Angela of Angela and James sent uh-huh. me a couple years ago. Um, this one and part two, and she drew covers for the DVD cases, and they're amazing. Oh, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. You, you should take a picture of I'm it. I'm going to, because I'll tell you, like, we have our DVDs organized in a way where all of our, like, real movies are in one section, and then movies without, like, real cases are in books and stuff, mm-hmm. and Brandon was one that set everything up, and when he got to those covers, he was like, nope, these go in the real movie section because of those covers, <laughs> so thank you, Angela. Now, before I get into what you thought of it, give me a quick synopsis about this movie. Tell me what happens. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay, so... We start looking backwards, I guess. We do. To to a fateful night where a creepy grandfather comes out of some kind of comatose state and says some creepy things to a a really cute little boy. Really impressionable little boy. And then a a really mean Santa Claus shoots a convenience store owner. Yep. And that, like, for like 30 bucks or something. And then proceeds to slaughter a family in front of um a baby and uh, the the same impressionable little boy um and then the little boy grows up to be a hunky man well first where does he grow up because this is important (laughs) in an orphanage in a catholic orphanage yeah a nun filled orphanage. a very like the kind of nuns that i think my mother because my mother went to catholic school and my mother hates nuns Oh, so that would be why. To the point where, like, if my mother sees... My mother will give a nun the finger. She hates nuns. And this was, like, my understanding of what nuns were growing up. Oh. Well, there you go. Yeah. Like, so bad nuns. hmm So um, he grows up to be a hunky, hunky young man. A hunky um, toy store stock boy. And then he decides to be Santa Claus and do bad things. <laughs> <laughs> this, this movie. This is a movie. This is a movie. 
So you yep. got to lay it on me. Tell me. You having heard of it, I'm sure. Um, nothing specific. Okay. Um, I had no expectations going in. So therefore, they were all exceeded. So I was into it at the beginning. Okay. Um, I felt bad for the kid at the orphanage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, still into it. We get to adult, like, well, more adult, 18-year-old-ish, I guess, him. Um, kind of think he's hot, so I'm into it. It's His name's Billy, right? His name is Billy, yeah. He does okay. grow up pretty hot. Well, he's pretty hot. But, like, then it starts to get really disjointed for me. Um, I get what's going on. And... But, like, there was a lot of flashback action. <laughs> Just wait till you get to the sequel. I, I've heard. Zach has told me about it. Yeah. Um, but, like, I... If we were doing GGTMC style and we were doing, like, MVPs, uh, you know, more MVTs of this, um, mine would have to be the toy store. Oh, I the, the, thought- the, the employees at the toy store, right? Mr. Sims and Mrs. Randall... I just mean because I like to see the packaging of old toys. Oh my god, no, that is a great moment, because there are, this is 1984, yeah. and the toys are so, there's G.I. Joe, there's the plastic Halloween masks that were awful and probably like would kill you if you wore them yep, too long. suffocate them to death. There yeah. are, ador- oh my god, the Rolf dolls. Yep. There's a lot of Muppet toys in this movie. Lots of Muppet toys. At there's- one point, the, the orphans have a Miss Piggy puppet that I totally had. Yep. I love but it. There's, there's these, like, Rolf Muppet Baby babies that I want. Um, the, what else, there, oh, there's, like, a, like, original Return of the Jedi toys. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, the toys are awesome. Um, but, so that's, for, for like, the, the second half of this movie, that's what I was there for. The toy store. Um, but, like, I don't know. I feel like you have really strong opinions on this. It was kind of, I kind of have a lukewarm reaction to it. Mm. Was it, so you're into the toy store, and then did it just kind of feel aimless after that? Yes. Yeah. That's perfectly stated. Well, I think it's, it's and it's there, because once he turns into bad Santa, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, but there's no, there's no end goal. We, yeah. have, like, we learn eventually, oh, he's going to the orphanage, but we only learn that because they're like, oh, where would he go? Probably the orphanage. But all of the steps he's getting to get there is very... Oh, here's some bullies, so he's going to kill them. Oh, here's a woman, here's a girl having sex, he's going to kill her. Yeah. Oh, here's, like, it's, it really, the trajectory of it, um, between the toy store and the orphanage, it's, it's set pieces. It's just a bunch of murder set pieces, if you will, that mm-hmm. are, are, I think are memorable, because they're all very, uh, winter-themed, and they're very extreme. Yeah, they're definitely memorable, um, but, like, I can't think of the connective tissue because i don't think there is any right and the sequel i mean the the sequel gets worse for a lot of reasons Mm -hmm. but part of it is the like him walking around trying to like are you are you doing something bad yes you are i kill you now Mm -hmm. and in this one you you do get that you get him just stumbling upon this house where linnea quigley is having sex with her boyfriend and he just walks right in he's like oh punish because you're having sex Mm mm-hmm and, you know, the movies establish that to him, sex is bad and you need to be punished for it because it's, it establishes it very hard 
because it's every, you know, the, and that's the thing, this narratively takes so much strain in establishing everything for those first 20 minutes. It's, you know, grandpa tells him about Santa Claus punishing people. Then his mother says something bad about Santa Claus. Then Santa Claus kills his mother. Then, Then this, then that. And then you get to the point where it's like, okay, now unleash him and let him punish all these people that are doing things that... Uh, he has been taught are bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's, to me, it is one of the meaner slashers where it has that kind, and the way, it's it's a silly way, but there's something that um, when you're talking about whether or not, like, nudity and everything else is ex- exploitative, ex- exploitative or not. Yeah. To me, one of the kind of lines to determine that is nudity for nudity's sake Mm -hmm. and this movie has two cases where a woman is about to be sexually assaulted and the movie takes the time to make sure you rip her shirt open and close up on her boobs which yeah especially in the first case when it's the mother if you don't have that much time to kill somebody and you decide you're gonna rape them you're probably not gonna take the time to like unbutton their blouse but Mm -hmm. you know i'm not a rapist i don't know uh, I thought that was kind of, it was very... Yeah, it, it's, it yeah. feels really mean. And especially it being, you know, it being a mother, it being a woman that we have no reason not to like and, and want to see something terrible happen to. Yeah. To, like, also show her boobs in kind of a sexy way. Uh, it, it does, it bothers me, even as much fun as I find these movies. It's very, like, you know, that's, like, it's hard to defend that when you're talking about, like, these movies as being kind of fun, I guess. Yeah. And nobody wears a bra in, in this universe. Of course not. Right? Now, I, it's just, I mean, again, clear case of a man directing and doing costumes and not thinking. Like, <laughs> these women are not A-cups. They need to wear bras. Bras, yeah. I don't believe that they were not wearing a bra just now. Uh, how did you like Grandpa? <laughs> Everyone's very unique in this movie. <laughs> Um, it's, I think you really nailed it. Like, I like, I think everybody's wonderful and awful yep. in this movie, but, like, there is an aimlessness to it mm-hmm. that, that I guess maybe if I had, if I, maybe if I had watched it years ago, I wouldn't be so hard on, but now I'm kind of like, well, why isn't this, like, a cohesive story? Because I feel <laughs> like there is a cohesive story there. Yeah, it would have been easy to tell it very much. And it's interesting to, to, and that's, you know, again, I was excited to talk to you about it because you having never seen it. And with me, it's, it's the kind of movie where I can't remember the first time I saw it. Cause to me, I've always seen this movie. Yeah. And, but again, sitting down and watching it from kind of an objective, like, okay, I'm going to take notes and I'm going to, you know, watch it knowing I'm going to have to give it a grade at a certain point. Uh, you know, it, it did make me a little harder on it in some ways. I'm still mm-hmm. giggling through it, and Brandon walks by and just rolls his eyes and, and such. But I, I agree, this is, this is a problematic film in a lot of ways. Again, I, there's a part of me that loves it, and it's a case where I'm going to have two very different scores, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, can we talk about the working montage? The working montage... The warm side of the door. Working. I hope that's on your cut. See, 
I, I don't know. How did you watch it? <laughs> Very illegally. Okay. <laughs> when Billy gets his job at the store. Yeah. Now, in my version, he gets his job, and then there's a montage of him working there. Do you not have that montage? I don't... It's not ringing any bells. Oh my god! That breaks my heart! You're making it sound like it should be really memorable. It so is. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I didn't see it. Oh gosh. Maybe I'm just not smart. Oh man. Because that to me is like three points on its score. Oh, okay. You know what I'll do? There's the... It's all on YouTube. That scene is on YouTube, so I'll post it on our page. There is a montage where once he gets his job, it's this like... The, the music, it's a, it's an original song, I think, written. So the music in this movie is arranged by Morgan Ames, mm-hmm. uh, who also arranged the music for Troop Beverly Hills. Okay. But not Cookie Time. He did not, I don't think he had anything to do with Cookie Time, so. But still, so it's the warm side of the door, and it's this, like, really upbeat, like, uh, wait, wait, a line in the actual song. I'm just going to sing it. It's going to sound terrible, but I feel like you I have to I want to hear it. Hear it. There's always people that love you, will kiss you and hug you, and it's almost Christmas on the warm side of the door. That doesn't sound familiar. That, okay, then you didn't get that part? Oh my god, that makes that, that, that crushes me. Or maybe I was just like not paying attention. It's possible. So this I mean, is it's a montage, and it's showing how good he is at his job. And it starts with. Um, like, so there's, like, the sleazy sort of Joe Pesci-ish guy yeah. who's, like, the other employee there, and he sits down and he opens up a J&B, and, like, he offers it to Billy, and this is all montage, the song is playing, and Billy just shakes his head and drinks milk. <gasps> and then it's just Billy helping kids find toys. This is where you oh, get that I don't think I saw eye. that. Oh, man, that breaks me. Because it's great. Because it's all him being positive and, like, everybody's smiling. And then at one point, Mr. Sims comes out with a big Santa Claus poster. And all of a sudden, Billy, like, starts shaking and doing making this, like, crazy face. Oh, I don't think I saw that. Oh, God. It's the best moment of the movie. People remember the antler death. But that's because they have not seen the version with the warm side of the door. Yeah, I remember the antler death. Oh, God. Okay, I'm putting it on Facebook, so you're going to see it. Uh, so you get that montage, which to me... And that makes sense now because I remember two years ago when I watched this movie, thinking, "My God, how do I? Ne- how did I not remember this montage?" And now it makes sense. I probably didn't see it as a kid because it probably wasn't put on until the director's cut. Yep. So it's amazing. Oh well, now this is probably I feel like you need to watch the whole score. thing over with that. <laughs> uh, but so the other favorite part for me is Mr. Sims and Mrs. Randall. Yeah, I can I can be into that. They're for sure. great. They close the store, and it's it's over. Time to get shit faced, and they just drink. And she's just we talked about blousy alcoholics on we talked oh, about Margot boy. Kidder. Boy, is she my she's mm-hmm. what I kind of strive to be if I'm in my blousy alcoholic stage. Oh, she's great. Love her. Uh, there's a song that uh, another original song written for this movie, I believe, is Santa's watching. And they play it a lot in the movie, uh, and then she sings it like over and over again, and it's amazing. Uh, and yeah, so the whole toy store, everything in there makes me happy. Yeah, I like the toy store a lot. Uh, and then we get our first like big kill, which is Christmas. And then you know, so we get a Christmas light themed strangulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get um, archery. Apparently, in 
Catholic orphanages in the 80s, they taught kids archery, it would seem. Because he's pretty good with he's that. He's pretty good at it. He is. He's got some Katniss Everdeen in him. Uh, and then we, we get like a lot of just, it's Christmas and there's a killer on the loose. There's a scene of carol singers that is like aggressively carol singing. I don't know if you looked at the uh, yeah. faces of those carol singers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was scared. I, for, a quick, for a split second, I keep getting, I'm not getting this confused with um, Black Christmas because they're so, they're oh, so yeah, different. there's some key carolers in that. But, but yeah, but I, th- for when you said carolers, I thought that, and I was like, wait, that's the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, th- in this case, we get like carolers that look like they're almost, um, it's like whenever movies, like horror movies do that thing where there's like a shaky like guy like that's what you get in this movie like the carolers are having epileptic fits and it's horrifying uh and we get like the other big memorable death scene is again it's Linnea Quigley having sex on a pool table um I didn't know that was her that's her yeah until you just said it yeah little and she's so young yeah she's so young she was awesome wasn't I liked her in this yeah yeah I really did I didn't I didn't connect that it was her Mm. at all and it's another case of, like, where I feel like, you know, it's me having gotten older, I guess. Because mm-hmm. when I was a kid, it was like, oh, yeah, it's a cool scene where the chick having sex dies. And now I'm older, and I'm like, she's just having sex. Like, she's not doing anything that wrong. Like, Yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah, and I and the boyfriend's actually, like, he's he he, he puts up a really good fight, which I yeah. like. Um, the, he really does, because this is just a dude. It is, you know? yeah. There's but nothing. Granted, they established that he's super strong, but he's just a guy. He's just a guy in the end, and he happens to yeah. just be a better fighter. Um, yeah. And that whole scene too, like that house is just like rife with like uh, velvet tiger paintings. Uh-huh. You that? Yeah, there's like three of them, and they're amazing. Uh, and even when he kills the boyfriend. Like, in one foul swoop, he just rips his shirt off. Yeah. Which was kind of great. And I feel like that was almost equal opportunity, because he does the same thing, obviously, to all the women. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we get a good decapitation of the bullies on the sled, which, again, is a scene. Oh, yeah, that was absurd. Um, he, he, they, he must have been going real fast on that sled. <laughs> right. To take his head off without knocking him over at all. <laughs> He rides down the whole way without his oh, head. Oh, my. See, I love, and this is, again, like, one of those little things in this movie. I love the reaction of the other friend. Because it's yeah. this great moment where these bullies are just like, we want to go sledding. The, like That's the bizarre screaming. Right? <laughs> right? Yes. yes. Like, these bullies are so into sledding. And so yeah. the friend comes down, and the other guy's waiting for him. And he's standing there with his mouth, like, this stupid smile on his face. And his mouth is hanging open. And then, like, before we see the head, we see his reaction change and then he just yeah. screams like a southern dame and i love it i i was screaming like that for the rest of the night yeah it was it's so funny yeah i wish i could do it now i can't it's gone but it was awesome it, i be- i believe me i i would buy it <laughs> and then we get like the whole idea that now oh any santa claus shoot him kill him and yep. so we get you know of course a mistaken identity of santa claus uh, <laughs> I, I wrote in caps, what did the snowman ever do to you, Billy? Because there's a moment where Billy's just yeah. walking and he just decapitates a snowman like that snowman had called his mother a cunt. Yep. It, it's the most aggressive snowman violence you've ever seen. Uh, 
And that's pretty much the movie. We got some key dying words, which is, you're safe now. Yeah. is gone. Like, I, I don't know. Like, was that earned? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a big question. It's, it is. <laughs> and it's really interesting to think about. And to, again, to hear it from somebody who's sitting down for the first time watching it, you get to really question the movie. Because I think you do have a very, and it's a common origin story, because you have, you know, you it's very easy to have a killer Santa Claus, because when he was a kid, Santa Claus, uh, yeah. you know, taught him that you punish. That's the flip side of Santa Claus, right? You reward the good and you punish the naughty. Mm-hmm. But and the movie spends the first forty five minutes really establishing this and establishing motive, and then it just gets to and now just kill 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 until you get to the person that really not to say should be killed no but like the one that's so understandable if you were right because all these other people for the most part are innocent enough like well, yeah. she was just having sex what they're yeah they're shitty kids but you know but you get to the woman that fucked him up that was really awful to him and you know spoiler alert you don't get that cathartic axing of her yeah which I kind of wanted at that point. Like you but give it's me almost so like much it, else. It, it's almost like it takes a, a completely different tone. Like it, it's, it decides at that moment that it's a different movie than it was just showing me it was for the last half hour. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, we're going to go, it's, it's too far to kill the nun. Dude, you killed a priest, you killed teenagers, like yeah. you killed plenty of people. You can kill this fucking nun who fucked this kid up. Yeah. And again, I am my mother's daughter, so maybe that's why I would say that. But that no, I. But we're we're kind of. I mean, you ha- you're saying it a little bit different, but we're saying the same thing. <laughs> it just true. seems like that was a strange place to draw the line. Yeah, I agree. Like it made a con. It's like all right, Santa outfit, rampage. This is the movie we are now. Right. Until the minute we're not anymore, and it just has a. It's, it's a weird stance to take. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but it's, you know, spawned four sequels. Yes. Part two, as you know, is essentially part one plus 40 minutes of insanity. And I love it. I usually, again, I usually go back to part two the most because part two has the best of moments of part one, except it doesn't have the montage. So, yeah. Then part three is continuing that tale. And three is probably like the better movie of the first three but it's kind of boring and then four and five go in a completely different direction they kind of halloween three it Mm -hmm. and four is fun four is kind of kind of cool and has some decent effects things going on and then five i i genuinely like five is uh mickey rooney as a crazy toy maker has nothing to do with any of the rest of them but it's kind of cool um i did not know there were that many yeah well again there's five movies but really only three that are this storyline yeah four and five are kind of standalone uh four is a witchcraft story ultimately uh clint howard is in it wearing like a dildo nose at one point and no i'm not just saying that he is doing that and then five five i like because it's all it's a very christmas themed horror movie because it's all about a toy maker making killer toys mm-hmm. and i think i can't remember if brian Usna directed it but it has that um kind of stop motion puppetry kind of cool effects going on 
and it's just very different from the rest of them. So five is mm-hmm. five is probably might be the best movie of the five. I would probably go actually five, four, three, one, two, if you're ranking them <laughs> that way. In terms of my preference, I'd probably go two, five, one, four, three. In case that mattered to anybody. I think it does. You know I like rating stuff like that. It's fun to do. Even though we hate doing lists, we like doing ratings like that. Yeah, so that is fun. It's a different kind of list. We can do it. (laughs) Damn it. Uh, But, so, I guess overall impressions from you? Um, Positive to underwhelmed. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I didn't dislike it, but... It really it, it it shifts the kind of movie it is like mm, yeah. a couple a couple times and and it's hard to to stay as engaged through that. Yeah, fair um, enough. But yeah, I mean, I didn't dislike it at all. Cool. Uh, the one other thing I had in my notes that I did not want to forget to say the um, attempted rape scene, like so. There's two pseudo attempted rapes, but they're not really attempted rapes. It's just a dude that's. Uh, rips a woman's shirt off and in Mm -hmm. the first case he then just stabs her but in the second case it's seemingly like he's going to rape her it's the Joe Pesci-ish guy in the toy store but what's really great about that scene is if you really look closely so he rips her shirt off and he's like it looks like he's trying to kiss her but really he's just aggressively rubbing his nose on her body yeah, I think I did notice that, that was strange. Yeah, like, it's the kind of movie where you're like, maybe he thinks that's sex, and maybe that's the worst it's going to be. But yeah. <laughs> maybe he's confused. Ma- yeah, maybe that's, like, his idea of sex is just, like, nuzzling or something. Aww. But it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of adorable in its own weird way. <laughs> uh, all right, so I guess we can uh, go ahead and rate it, then. Let's rate it. All right, um, quality of film. Uh, I can go first on this. You go first. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, this is a, you know, thinking of it in terms of its time, it's a slasher, it's coming out for a very specific demographic. And we didn't even talk about uh, the amount of protest over this movie, but I think everybody knows the story, so there. Uh, You know, as a slasher, it's, you know, I think it's more interesting than a lot of them, in part just because of the Christmas and the Catholic angle. For sure. But at the same time, it's it, it really... Some of, some of the performances are fine. Some of them are adequate, I'd say. Uh, and then you get to this whole structural integrity, if you will, or lack mm-hmm. thereof. Um, so for quality of film, just in terms of uh, what kind of movie is this, I'm going to go, it's a 5.75. Ah, uh, interesting. I was going to do 5.5. Hey, all so, right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely above average. Mm-hmm. It's, there's, it's not a mess. It's not nonsensical. It's not, it's not a joke of a movie. Right. It's, there's, it's a movie. It's not it's, pieces, like, to think yeah. of another slasher to compare it to. Exactly. It's, it's a cohesive, coherent thing that somebody did. Um, whether it's entirely successful mm-hmm. is subjective, but you were still presented with, with yes. a cohesive, coherent story. <laughs> uh, that, that is fair. And now the other part to that, the quality of life and such... Mm-hmm. So for me, I look at this movie and I have to think a few things. One, I have to think of those many, you know, cold and travia Christmases growing up and, 
sitting there in my feety pajamas with yep. my family and saying, what are we going to watch this Christmas? Let's watch Saturday Deadly Night. Uh, true story, folks. It explains a lot about me. Uh, and also, I feel like this has such an influence because, A, obviously you have five of these movies one way or another, or six of them, really. But I think it also... Um, gives such a I like the the holiday the slasher for every holiday thing or even yeah. the horror movie for every holiday and I do wonder like would we have had Jack Frost without Silent Night Deadly Night maybe not like there's something about Christmas this was as much as you had Black Christmas and you had Christmas Evil you had a few don't open till Christmas you had Christmas horror films mm-hmm. but I think and I could be wrong about this I feel like this was the highest profile one yeah, And I think for this one to have had that peak, um, I think that ultimately did help bring about a lot more. And then, again, the flip of it is I enjoy watching this. I, I put this on in the background while I'm wrapping presents, which explains why I'm terrible at wrapping presents, perhaps. Um, but I think there's a lot to this movie that I... I, I am not bored watching it, just mm-hmm. because, again, it's so much to me and everything else. And I, as I'm older, there's different things that I find more amusing, like the drunken um, toy store owners who are yeah. my heroes and I want to hang out with. And I hope that the next time I have a Christmas party, they come one way or another. Uh, but so, in other words, my quality of life is an eight. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I could say six, probably. That's fair. Um, I, like I said, I had a good time, um, screaming like that kid. <laughs> and I could just rewatch all the Toy Store scenes, just, I, I love old packaging. Yeah, I know. Um, like, I like when, you know, you're, it's a movie's in a, in a grocery store and you get to see the old Doritos bags and the yeah. old Pepsi cans. Like, it's, something about that. I'm so I, nostalgic about it. No, I agree. Well, I love it. So you just take that same mentality and then throw it with toys that are around the same... Like that were the toys I would have killed to ex- have as a kid. Exactly. Like, appropriate era for, for us. Yep. I mean, so yeah, I, that alone <laughs> brings it brings it up to 6, maybe even a 6.5 if I watched okay. it again. I mean, I'm thinking, as I said, I'm like, come on, realistically, this is an 8.5 for me. Yeah, I, I, I know. This one holds a special place. It does. It does. All right, so that is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, the director, by the way, did not do much else. Uh, I, this was like his last big um, narrative film, but then he did a lot of documentaries. Oddly enough, a lot of biblical documentaries. Oh, oh yeah, I did notice that. Which we is kind of fascinating, too. considering... Yeah. Which, on one hand, like, I, I didn't look him up, but I'm guessing he was Catholic, because I feel like you have to have grown up Catholic to have kind yeah. of made this movie. The flip of that, too, is it's very interesting that he ended up in, considering the the Christian outcry against this movie, that he ultimately found his more regular work doing, and I don't know if they're, like, Christian-themed or if they just happen to be about, about Christianity, mm-hmm. but uh, the Christian faith has given this man a lot, if you will, yeah. <laughs> Charles E. Sellier Jr. And in turn, he's given us a lot. He really has. 8.75. All right, we'll take 10. a quick break. 10.9. The other thing I didn't mention, I really like that the Mother Superior, the way she doesn't say Santa Claus, she says it always as Santa Claus. Emphasis on the Claus every time. Uh, then on that note, we will take a break, write our thank you notes to Santa Claus, 
and come back and talk about 2013 or 12's Silent Night. I'm looking for the warm side of the door Where the fire's bright And it's burning every night Everybody will be there And they'll be smiling at me And I won't need no more On the one side of the door And now the year is 2012. I misspoke a few times with Silent Night. Directed by Stephen C. Miller. Written by Jason Rothwell. Uh, Stephen C. Miller does not, I think this was his only uh, full film so far, Mm -hmm. but I found it interesting that um, his IMDb credits or information says he graduated from Full Sail University, which Mm -hmm. to NXT fans, if you watch WWE's NXT, which is the only wrestling I watch, that's where they film it, so I thought that was, I just wondered then if he was a wrestling fan. Oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, So why don't you tell the fine folks at home what this movie's about? You know what? I honestly don't know if I can. Ha! That's um, a very interesting point. It, uh, it's Christmas Eve. And it's all down. So, okay. This is like the movie we just talked about in the sense that somebody dressed as Santa Claus is doing stuff. Yep. Um. It. Uh, <laughs> so, being murder. Yeah, okay. So. It's basically about a Santa Claus that's killing people in a town. Yes. But it's there are larger implications, and I think that this is why I had a problem uh, with this um, movie. It's not just... It's not um, random killings, but... Mostly the impli- it's not, yeah. But the, 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 the reasoning and the... Reveal? The, the, exactly, the story that indicates... That that the the victims are being chosen for a reason is is buried. I don't know where that story is. I don't know where it went. I because it, yeah. If you look at the tags, it's tagged as comedy, horror, and mystery. Donde esta mystery? It's where did that go? Um, I mean, I, I think can't... part of that is that they they're trying to give you red herrings. So yeah. there's a key character who's set up that like, oh, it could be this guy. Because you don't get to see Santa Claus wears a mask in this movie. Yeah. So you don't actually know who the Santa Claus is. And I think they're trying to make something out of that. But I don't think they had to, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. then when you find out, and I'm not, spo- I don't want to spoil it, but I'll, I'd say you find out in the coda, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's, the kind of reveal that is a flashback at the very end of a movie where you're like, wait, does, does this mean anything? Did they talk about this in the movie? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, there were things I liked about this movie, but I had, my biggest problem was they tried to give it this, they tried to make it a mystery, I guess. And there was no reason to, because it didn't do anything for the movie, but make it confusing when this movie didn't have to do that at all because it has a good spirit like i get it's coming from this place of uh you know kind of we want to clearly 
bring the, the original Silent Night, Deadly Night style. But then there's a bunch of homages to other Christmas horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards the very end, there's a scene where, you know, um, in the flashback where our Santa Claus is standing on a church stoop with a flamethrower. I think yes. that's supposed to be a Christmas evil reference. Um, there's a black Christmas reference with one of the deaths. Yep, I got that Yeah, like, there's a lot of things. It's it's a very affectionate movie. And you can tell the writer and director uh, that they were definitely putting Easter eggs in there. Easter eggs for Christmas! (laughs) Uh, But they were putting Christmas Easter eggs in there for Christmas horror films. Mm -hmm. But I had a really hard time. I wanted to like this movie so much more than I did. Yep. And I feel like a lot of people probably like this a lot more than I do. And I can understand why, but there was just something that was not grabbing me with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get, um, so you're, again, you don't, you're, your heroine is Jamie King, who found her career calling in doing these, this studio's horror movies. <laughs> uh, and this interesting too this movie takes place in wisconsin and i feel like it's supposed to take place in the same like town that the mother's day remake does it feels like the my bloody valentine remake as yeah well. and all all three of those so, by the way star yep. jamie king jamie king <laughs> so she's again found her she is the connecting thread in this universe isn't, isn't that so interesting it is and all three of those movies i actually like or the other two movies i like i really like the my bloody valentine remake i think the mother's I day think- remake actually suffers from the same thing where it try its story is way more ambitious than it has to be yeah but there's things i really like about that film and this one like it's in a way it's from the same school as those movies it it's made by people that have seen the originals and love them and want to Mm -hmm. bring that spirit uh and i appreciate that and i want to really enjoy it but there was just too much going on and a great example is you meet um a there's all these minor characters like there's your jamie king is your lead and then there's all this like a dozen supporting characters who you don't get enough time with but who i guess we're supposed to know so you get this one guy who's um the boyfriend of like the the blonde uh the blonde i'll just say it that way and mm-hmm. so the guy is kind of like a shitty 20-year-old kid, and he goes to visit his grandpa in an old-age home. Yeah, that was confusing. It just, um, oh, all of a sudden, this guy is in an old-age home with his grandpa, who it repeats the scene from the original where the nurse yep. walks away, and the grandpa says, you know, Santa Claus is going to get you tonight, boy. And that's it. But because, like, we have no context for this grandpa. We don't know that he's been catatonic for years. We don't know who this guy is that's with him. So it just comes out of nowhere as if we're supposed to be, uh, and it's just crammed in there so that you can get the grandpa reference, but with no build up to it, no context around it, that it's just, to me, it fell flat. Yeah. Uh, the, um, and, and so that just keeps happening. You know, you cut to another scene where there's uh, filming like softcore porn and again, it's like another kind of one like those mean like, ah, eh, they're just filming like nude girls doing a thing. But of course, you got to punish them for that. 
Um, yeah, and also they just couldn't be like awesome sluts. They had to be doing cocaine too. Right. Which maybe like is that, you know, okay, I guess they're trying to give you a few more reasons, but why they deserve it. Yeah. Like, on. And again, like am I just getting old to where I'm like, no. that's no reason to kill somebody. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not getting yeah. old. It's 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 stupid. It's they're painting with too broad a brush. And, yeah. And and the and the things that we used to be it used to be okay to vilify people for it really isn't anymore you're right and it, it's i think it is really this moment in, in culture you know we're, we're at that point where you know you don't toss the word slut around the way like you used to without thinking anything of it mm-hmm. and i feel like now it's a good thing like now we're in a place where we're like well what what are your implication when you use that as an insult and everything and so it's funny, in a way, it makes me feel like such an old harpy to watch this movie and be like, I don't know, I feel like they're punishing her just for having boobs. <laughs> yep. It's, it's yeah, it's it's a weird place to be at in life. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's kind of what we get with this movie. And then we have a, a few corrupt uh, men of power. So you have the mayor who obviously is corrupt, so he's going to get punished. Mm-hmm. Um and then eventually you start to realize that, like you said, there is a marking to who's getting, like, some of these guys are bad guys and they're getting warned. Yeah. Uh, okay, but then you get the reveal and again, it's weird. Uh, there is a random killing because we do get a random child killing. The random child killing. In the beginning. This is early in the film. And this I actually found kind of funny was you meet like a this girl who's supposed to be like twelve or thirteen and she's just awful to her. <gasps> oh mom. yeah, with the ca- like a, the cattle prod or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. what's kind of great is what she says to her like her mom is like, Well, we're going to church now, and she's like, Fuck church. And like that kind of setup of her I I found kind of amusing. Mm-hmm. And the mother, did you catch who played the mother? Mm, I don't think so. I only caught it when I was looking at the credits. Uh it's Lisa Marie. Oh, <laughs> I didn't is, pick up on that. It's rare to see Lisa Marie not in, I mean, now you don't see her in Tim Burton garb anymore, but it's yeah. still, like, weird to see her as a human being, but, um, but yeah, so you get that, like, one random child killing, and oddly enough, I was fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, because like, this kid proved herself to be a little shit, and, you know, I'd rather you kill her than the woman that's just showing her boobs for money, but hey. Um, you know, again, my, my moral values have shifted a lot in my old age, I suppose. Uh, and we do get a, uh, you know, kind of chucklesome garbage day reference. Yeah. Which even you who have not seen Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, I'm sure you know the garbage day I, reference. I know that, yes, yes. Uh, and we get Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> he is in this movie. He is in this movie. What did you think? Oh, man. <laughs> Um, I guess he's doing his thing, right? This, uh, you know, I, I, of course, like Malcolm McDowell. He's, you know, he is a great actor. Uh, I, I like that he doesn't seem afraid to go far when he's in these kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say, like, oh, it's a paycheck thing, because I can't imagine this had a big budget. Like, Oh, you probably know, he's, not. He's making more money doing those Verizon or phone book commercials, whatever. Um, he's odd to have it. He's kind of distracting to have in here because he doesn't really. He's he's sort of trying to not be British, but but not. Yeah, I <laughs> noticed that too. His accent was kind of um, all yeah, over the place. Yeah, it sort of felt like the way in Star, like Star, the original Star Wars, that very first scene, Carrie Fisher is British. 
And yeah. then afterwards, she's not anymore. And I've heard people justify, well, maybe it's because she's trying to put it on for Darth Vader. But no, I think it's just George Lucas decided, you know, I don't think the British accent's working. Let's scrap it. But yeah, never went back stop. and filmed it. And I feel like that's what happened with this. Like, one scene, uh, he's trying to be American, and then the director's like, dude, you can't, just, it's fine. Just do do your natural way of speaking. So it's kind of back and forth, whether he's British or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have very few notes on this movie. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a strange one. Yeah. And I, I feel like if you're going to remake Silent Night, Deadly Night... I'm not opposed to this having been your way of doing it Mm -hmm. because I think we've seen the silent night, deadly night story in so many variations at this point that, you know, I don't need it done with cell phones. There's really no reason to redo everything, but add an inflatable lawn ornament as one of the death scenes, just because that's what's happening today. Uh, So I was fine with sort of this different approach of, uh, you know, anonymous killer and everything. Yeah. But I feel like the narrative just gets in the way. And I think if this was just a straight out, you know, if they had just had to say at one point, oh yeah, remember old old John Smith when years ago he uh, he went on a killing spree and nobody's ever heard from him since. Done. That's all you need. And then have him come back. Instead, the plant red herrings and think oh maybe it's this guy maybe it's the dad maybe it's donald logue all this stuff and then at the end give another complicated backstory and it it just had more going on than it needed because i think the filmmaking was okay and the horror movie aspect of it was there was something good in there yeah and i wouldn't be opposed to seeing something else from this director uh just pared down and just like it made me think of like the guy was the movie when i was talking earlier about the movie christy it's such a simple straightforward narrative and it's all about the action and the chase yeah and that worked exactly as it should have and this movie which has clever ideas going on and wants to get in these homages that's fine then just tell that story don't don't loop around this complicated narrative that never resolves itself and leaves me thinking I missed something. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely has that feeling. But her... her Jamie... I, I don't think you said this or touched on this at all, but Jamie King's dad made allusions to the fact that he had to kill a Santa once or something. He did. So and that I- made that made me feel even more like... Am I missing something? Yeah, because he says it, but there's... And I think part of it is just there's a a character that they set up as a red herring. Yeah. And you know it's not him. Like, it's very obvious that it's not this guy. But the movie seems like it has to make you think it is. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they don't let the dad's story sit with any weight. Like, they don't give that story time... So instead, you're still like, oh, but I guess it might be this guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem, is it just overcomplicates itself. And even like... Yeah, that's a good point. Is her husband dead? Like, do they say that in the movie? Yeah, I think they do. Okay, they say it, but again, it's like this big character thing, but it's brushed upon. And yeah, and, and they're trying to do stuff with her, too. They're trying to 
tell her as this, you know, maybe she's not cut out for this job, all of that. Mm-hmm. But because there's just so much else going on, I don't, I, 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 there's not enough to make me care about that aspect of the story. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it, it, it's not, it doesn't need, it's a simple story. It's not doing itself any favors by, by overcomplicating. Yeah. So I, it's okay, and I think I think there are a lot of horror fans that will enjoy it, and yeah. I think especially if you have affection for Christmas horror films, I think this one uh, is made for you because it does reference a lot of movies that are of that type, mm-hmm. uh, and I like I don't even dis disrecommend people from viewing it because I think there's so many people that are going to enjoy it. Uh, it just it. It didn't. There was something that that I couldn't connect to because it just overcomplicated itself to a to a point that I it just bothered me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get into it because I felt like I was missing something. Yep. Yeah. So do you so, have any uh, any more? So she Jamie King was that Santa Claus's kid, right? What? what? Oh. <laughs> Oh, wait, was maybe, she? Maybe maybe I'm creating a movie that didn't exist. No, you might be completely right. I you I totally missed that if that's the case, but it's very I, possible. I thought like it did like a Dexter. Like the Santa Claus went crazy on the steps with the flamethrower. Right. The kid the little kid was in the back of the truck and the little kid was her. Oh, you may the, be a hundred percent right. And the cop that responded was, was the cop that. who ends up raising her. Yeah, so I thought it was like a James Remar, Dexter kind of thing. You, I'm not saying you're wrong. You could be 100% right. I I feel really dumb if I didn't catch that. I don't know what this movie was telling me. I I don't either. Like, you, it's not, what you say doesn't not make sense. It totally does make sense. Because that kind of also fits in the, like, why her dad was going to get punished. Yeah. Uh, I might have just entirely missed that, but... Which you could say points off of me for not getting it, but it's also points off the movie for not explaining it to me well enough. And usually I don't like movies over-explained, but it wasn't explained well enough for me, clearly. Yeah, I, I, I struggled with what I was actually supposed to be. But I think it's fair to say that you are smarter than me. Oh, no, I don't you think so. You caught that. I didn't... Nope. I, I could totally have just um, made that up No, well. I th- I think No, I, I think that you should run this show from now on oh no i give you that job you've proven yourself worthy of it (laughs) yeah so uh any more should we rate it well i i don't know what i'm going to rate it but i think we can rate it yeah it's a tough one to rate um okay quality of film For me, thinking of it and thinking of what I gave the first film, this one, I think this one's a little more polished and put together and such. Mm -hmm. I will go 6.25. I'm going to say 5.5. Okay. Um, I just can't get over the fact that I don't know what I was supposed to be what was what was happening yeah and i'm i'm happy you say that without much confidence because again it makes me feel not as dumb yeah to have not gotten it. i'm wondering does uh 
IMDb have the FAQs. They have a few. Oh, I wonder if they give the answer there. Yeah, I didn't even think to look. Oh, no, they don't give that one. They just have and that's a body another count. thing. I didn't even think to go that deep into it. Yeah. But it's one of those cases where, like, I try to avoid IMDb message boards because they're usually painful. Yep. Um, but just wondering if they explained it, but they don't. And Wikipedia didn't. So, therefore, listeners, tell us if Christine got, saw what I didn't I see. Know. I don't know. Yeah. I could have just made my own movie. Yeah, even, like, looking, like, briefly at the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, oh, wait a minute, okay, so I'm looking at some of the IMDb posts about it, and already I just see, thanks for clearing that up, so clearly a bunch of people got confused by it. Um, okay, so I think, no, some people are saying that the killer was actually the child that was in that car. Oh, that oh look there's somebody that has um in the imdb thread like oh at first i thought the kid in the back was also supposed to be jamie kennedy watching her dad fight crime Mm -hmm. so i really don't know i don't even think i I paid attention to the kid yeah i felt like i was supposed to be but i didn't know what i was supposed to be seeing like i'm glad i'm glad other people are a little bit confused it makes me really happy that we're not the only ones. Yeah, listeners uh, who've seen this movie, we'll start a thread. We'll start like a spoilery thread on this one once I put this post up, this episode up tonight or tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I want people to, get, yeah, let's talk about it. Because I don't know. And neither do you. And neither does IMDb or R. Murphy Killer, whatever his username is. So quality of enjoyment, I guess, is where we're at. Uh, yeah. For me, I'm going to go 6.25. Again, I enjoyed the Christmas horror references. And yeah. I think this was put together fine. Uh, if it's on cable one day and I'm flipping around, I'll put it on in the background while I uh, terribly wrap Christmas presents. But I will not seek it out again. Unless I like want to watch that one scene to figure out what happened. Yeah. Uh, 4.5? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it did not do you a world of good. Um, I wanted. I I don't know. I just for me it was kind of like a mess. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I uh, yeah. All I right. feel like I I want to like it more, but I, I don't think I it, did because I admire the the I liked part of the tone. I like the spirit behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just uh, I mean, it was overwritten. I think yeah, plain and simple. So that was Silent Night, and now as we uh, come to the closing of the of the episode, if you will, uh, let's talk about our Netflix instant picks. Yeah, let's. Okay. Oh, me me first. All right. Yeah, you first. Why not? I, I told you I was excited. Okay. Well, Christine, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Shall we dance? Um. Okay. Okay, well, so my Netflix instant recommend uh, is 1996, I think. It is a Japanese film. So it's a movie that Brandon always had on his list of movies I should see, and I had never seen it. And this was remade. You might remember the remake had um, Richard Gere and Jennifer Lopez and Susan Sarandon. Mm-hmm. Did not see the remake. It looked terrible. I am. I can say nothing for it. But this movie uh, is charming and lovely. Uh, it is set in... 
modern day Japan. And uh, the lead actor, whose name I don't know, but you've seen him in things. Um, very, very good looking, uh, good looking man. Who's he was in Pulse is all I could remember him from. Okay, and other things. And he is a businessman, like your typical married, just buys a house. Very, you know, has his job, has his family. And just kind of, but yes, there's like that unfulfilled aspect of his life. And one day he sees on his way home from work every day, he passes a dance studio and he sees like the young instructor there who just, he always sees her and he just kind of becomes drawn to her. And he, so he starts taking ballroom dancing lessons and it's much, it is not a love story. Uh, It's probably was sold as a love story, but it's not that at all. Mm -hmm. It's much more about sort of this man who has a hole in his life and he's kind of finds something that fills it. Um, reminded me a couple of movies that it sort of reminded me of that I think are good selling points for it is that, uh, a little bit of strictly ballroom, certainly, mm-hmm. but also, uh, Ikiru. What's that? You've never seen Ikiru? No. Uh, what's his name? The guy who did Rashomon. What's his name? Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> think of it either but oh I my god what is uh the, the the most famous japanese director of all time who Hi. is very influential and directed many stuff and imdb has a giant i'm trying to tell you the name but imdb is airing an ad for something else and it's covering it kira kurosawa good god who go. am I? akira kurosawa uh 1952's akiru which is about a older man who's coming to the end of his life and realizes there's an emptiness and blah blah and it's amazing and all that stuff Shall We Dance kind of reminded me of a sort of lighter take on that story. And I really want to sell it because if you haven't seen it, I think it's really worth a watch. It's it's very funny, but it's it's very um very deep in different ways and makes you think a lot and it's just lovely and charming and highly recommended. So that is my Netflix recommendation. What is yours? Yeah. Um, I was really hoping we'd have the same one, oh, but we don't. Clearly not. Um, no. Holidays? No, Christine. We talked about it already. We already talked about it. Yeah. You're right, but I just loved it. I know you did. Um, <laughs> mine is for a movie called Circle. Yay! <laughs> You've you, already recommended it, haven't you? I, it wasn't my nef- I It wasn't my Netflix recommend. It might have been I my recommend. I definitely talked about it and told you to watch it. You did, and that's one of the things that pushed me to watch it. One of. I see. I see how it is. Um, I I liked it a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. It was obviously it wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Blah blah. I've read some really negative stuff about it. Oh, pa. Um, but I liked it a lot. Yeah. Just a, a great setup, and then it, and it commits to that setup. That's what I like about yeah. it. It's all in that room, and every two minutes, somebody's going to die. Yeah, I liked it. Good. I'm so glad you did. Uh, okay, so maybe you will like the movies for our next episode. Really? Just because I picked them, you know. Oh, that's true. All right. <laughs> I, thought, so, I, I thought I was missing something. Well, here's the thing, folks. So we're going to have a couple more stocking stuffer episodes for you. How can we not? Um... And a few, and like I said, I'll keep posting the movies that we're going to do that for on Facebook. But then following that, it'll probably be a few weeks before our next, like, standard episode like this. So we'll come back to you in the new year with that. Uh, and so we are going to start the new year uh, assisted by our very special uh, semi-regular guest, Jason Fozzie Bear, which is always a good time. Christine, would you agree? I am so excited. 
you're excited for him. For less him. So, less so for the movies. But I'm telling you, he's really excited for the movies. Which oh, should tell okay. you something. Well, I guess your peer pressuring means being excited. I am. We are going <laughs> to cover uh, movies that are very near and dear to my heart. We are going to cover 1979, maybe? A Chorus Line, which is a musical. But it's mm-hmm. a really good one. And in that movie, they constantly reference another movie that is a classic film about ballet, and that is Michael Powell's The Red Shoes. So Michael Powell of Peeping Tom and um, Black Narcissus, and I mean, one of the preeminent directors of of the, you know, earlier half of the 20th century, Mm -hmm. Um, visionary, everything, all that stuff. And The Red Shoes is um, a... Uh, I just find it really see when you see a chorus line you'll see what I mean because they keep talking about the red shoes so I always have this very specific uh thought about what that movie must be and then I saw it and I'm like oh that's not at all what I expected Mm -hmm. um so it's a classic it's a criterion release and everything so you know it's good yes the studio that released Armageddon in special edition DVD would not just slap their label on the red shoes Christine that's true I understand okay uh, but that's going to come in, in January, and until that time, we will be uh, doing a little more hallmarking and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So on that note, I guess remember to be good, otherwise we will have to punish you. And, oh boy, how are you doing that? Um, well, I've thought about that. I don't know. Well, have you ever thought about that? If you were to Christmas-themed murder rampage, how you'd do it? No. I'd be a big fan of using all the implements of Christmas. So icicle stabbings. Um, uh, I would probably like stuff a tree in somebody's mouth. <gasps> that sounds That'd be awesome. a good one, right? Yeah. Uh, I would um, trap somebody inside an inflatable lawn ornament mm-hmm. and then blow it up and they would suffocate inside of it and everybody That's would see That's pretty them. good. Yeah. I've... I might have given this a little more thought than any non-homicidal person should. I guess so. I've never really given it any thought. Maybe you should, because you never know if you're going to have to fight back. You don't (laughs) like a chorus line. That's true. All right, folks. So we'll be back then, but we'll give you more stocking stuffers in the meantime. So uh, happy holidays, and and, uh, God bless us, everyone. Just been introduced I do not know you well But when the music started Something drew me to your side So many men and girls Are in each other's arms It made me think We might be Similarly occupied Shall we dance On a bright cloud of music Shall we fly? Shall we dance? Shall we then say goodnight And mean goodbye? Or perchance When the last little star Has left the sky Shall we still be together With our arms about each other And shall you be my new romance on the clear understanding that this kind of thing can happen shall we dance shall we dance shall we dance 
music shall we fly shall we dance shall we then say good night and mean goodbye open chance when the last little star has left the sky shall we still be together with our arms about each other and shall you be my new romance on the clear understanding that this kind of thing can happen shall we dance shall we dance shall we dance